Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. recently switched format just within the last month. Generally speaking, this 9 o'clock hour historically had been our open line hour, our open home hour, but we've switched that. We've taken our 10 o'clock hour where we spent the hour talking something specific about the house, and we've moved that at 9 o'clock. And why we've... what The reason for that is we have guests that we like to bring in when we feature some specific element of your home. And what we had found is trying to get that done at the very end and get all of our listeners' answers and get out of the studio and clean up the phone lines became a problem. Although our broadcast headquarters here at KTR, we've got dual studios. We don't have to clear the studio for the program behind us because they've got another studio, a very nice alternating system. But the phone lines are the same. And we've got three minutes to clear and get off the line so that the next program can can get their callers on. So it, it just became this this follow-up nightmare that uh, you know we, we've had. So we've switched those hours and this is our On the House Hour. If you get our newsletter or follow our blog, you know today we're talking stucco. Probably 85% of the exterior surfaces of, of the homes out there have stucco on it, Doug. Yeah, there's a large ocean of stucco in Arizona, that's for sure. Well, we've got abundant supply of material for that. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've got Doug Diedrich with Stucco Renovations uh, joining us in studio to talk stucco. If you've got a stucco question. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. Texts can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse dot com. What What do you think makes stucco so popular for the Southwest? Uh, durability. It truly is a long lasting project or product that you put on an, over the top of framing or block or metal studs. Uh, so it's it's long lasting and it protects the house or the structure really well. Properly applied, that's the key. Yes, yes, <laughs> how, it is. How, how do we properly apply stucco? And we, I'm a big do-it-yourself guy, but when I built the home, I had your guys come stucco uh, right now. Uh, most of them are going on to a wood frame structure. You know, mine was the Integra masonry block wall. Right. I uh, if I'm building anything for myself, it, it's masonry. Right. My home's masonry as well. Yeah, we built it in 2008 or nine. so we've lived in one for 30 years, so it's, it's a great product to go over the top of. It's stable. It doesn't crack like uh, frame houses because it's not moving and expanding and contracting quite as much. Once that masonry unit is cured, it's cured. Yes. Uh, wood-framed home, the wood's constantly absorbing uh, or drying out moisture, and that creates movement and... The weight loads are different, but that's still the way majority of them are built and what people have. So let's talk about the proper application. What If you've got a wood frame home with a stucco exterior, here's what should have happened. <laughs> yeah, what should have happened is uh, the framing makes the project, in all honesty. If it's a well-framed house, uh, it, it'll give you a, a good finish uh, for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of ways of doing it. We prefer to have the house completely sheathed. 
rather than open stud and, and sheathed in structural points only. Because when you have it framed that way, it's engineering-wise, it's, it's acceptable and it's strong and all the above, but it uh, gives you multiple layers of uh, product from our standpoint that you have to put on. The half-inch depth difference between a sheathed wall and an open stud wall creates a need for either one inch foam in the, in the, over the open studs, which is a code and then half inch on the others. And then you can't brick stack it because it's, it, it butt joints. And, uh, so the proper way you, you start with an underlayment and uh, a drip screed at the bottom. And then you, in this particular case, you would put a, an extended expanded polystyrene foam, which is really firm and, uh, it's, it's very hard. And then you put wire over it and nail it on and apply a fiber-reinforced uh, one coat. And the name here in Arizona is Western One Coat, and that's from Western Blended Products here in Glendale. And uh, then you water cure it, which is incredibly important. Now, before we get to the water curing, I want to address sheathing first. We had a caller in the, I think it was Vistancia area, off of 303 in like Happy Valley. He mm-hmm. was having a home built in that area. His home is not being sheathed. He sees other homes being sheathed, and he was, am I missing something by not finishing? What we're talking about is after the wood, whether it's uh, 16 on center or 24 foot on center. I've even seen now people that are using a 2x6 top and bottom plate Mm -hmm. and using 2x4 studs, and every other stud is lined up to either the front or the back. Oh, inside, outside. And so when they do the foam insulation, they're not they're reducing that thermal bridge from the outside to the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, builders that are trying to go to this net zero uh, certification, that's one technique I've seen them use. Okay. And I, I look at that and I think that's that's smart. Right. And that's, that's a neat idea. Why don't you just stack blocks? <laughs> it's an awful, awful, awful lot of effort to just, as yeah. opposed to just stacking some blocks. But whatever. Um, <laughs> the outside of that, the corners have to be uh, sheathed in Correct. plywood or OSB. Right. But you don't have to do the whole house. But in case of deferred maintenance on your stucco and moving, it's better to sheathe the entire house. Yeah, from our standpoint, it is. I'm a renovator by trade we uh do a a lot of repair restoration and you know renovation work where we come in and the prod people are either living in the home or working in the building or the shopping center that we're we're working on and uh it's amazing how many different substrates we find uh, from the old uh, fiber cellutex boards to uh uh, plywood to T111, T100. They just had them laying around, so they used them. So if I'm built doing on a, a new home, I'd prefer to have the sheeting there. It just gives you a level. And stucco cracks, no matter what we do, because of the movement underneath it when you're going over a wood frame. And when you create a, an offset in the depth of the system, there is a naturally occurring weakness at that point. And uh, so I, I'm just not a big fan of not completely sheeting the house. Again, I know it's engineering-wise, it's acceptable. Uh, certainly saves a homeowner quite a bit of money. 
but from my standpoint, I'd rather have it. And, and actually, when we see one that's partially sheeted, we, we don't do the work. I just don't, I don't want to have a problem start at the beginning that I already know about. Because you've got to warranty that. Correct. As a licensed contractor, we're all held to two-year minimum, which right. uh, we, we've said that it's been a while since we've covered this, and I will, uh, th- this will be my last uh, cheap shot at wood-framed homes. <laughs> <laughs> but in Germany, you've got to warranty your work for 50 years. Wow. If we did that in Arizona, you wouldn't see a wood-framed home go up. No. The, the, Homes that were already started in one frame, they'd take that wood down and they'd start stacking block right away if they had to warranty that for 50 years. Yeah, yeah you, you certainly, that's the case. We've, we've actually opened up uh, 40 and 50-year-old buildings, and uh, they, they've been cracking since for 40 or 50 years under a wood frame. And, it, and it's just a naturally occurring deal. You take a real non-flexible cement and put it on top of a wood structure that's expanding and contracting daily, uh, it's something's going to give. And usually it's the stucco. It's not the drywall. I'm looking for it. It's in one of my notes. I missed it. But there I brought it in. I think it's actually in True West Magazine because it was talking about a hike you could go on to see ruins. And, it, yeah, here it is. These homes, it's called Keat Seal. It's a 17-mile hike you have to schedule with a ranger to walk Jeez. in on. But you can go back there and still see masonry homes that are dated 1250 A.D. Right. Thousands right. of years old. Right. <laughs> right. If you go around the southwest, you'll find 1,500 missions that were built by the Spanish uh, uh, missionaries that all have stucco on them, and they're all adobe block. So, you know, it's a long lasting as long as you maintain it, it it should hold up for a lifetime and then for any for the for the majority that aren't on that and they're on the wood frame the things we have to look for uh when we're trying to find uh you know talk about the maintenance things that come along with it that we have to keep an eye out for and annually check and inspect well a good paint job will will serve you really really well and Water curing, as we that touched on a minute ago, um, is beyond important from our perspective. It gets your pH down. It allows your cement product to shrink slowly, dry, and cure correctly. Uh, there's a lot of communities here that are thrown up in a boom, and, and the stucco goes on. You know, the first coat goes on Monday, the second coat goes on Tuesday, and the paint goes on Wednesday because of guaranteed delivery dates for homeowners who are moving out of other homes. So the guys take the chance and roll the dice that they won't have any problems uh, down the road. And there's communities uh, that are soft. I can take a plastic tip pen and stick it in the wall through the stucco. And that's just a lack of taking time to water cure and, and let the stucco cure and then wait 28 days from finish to, to paint. Now, when I'm curing concrete on a flat pour, doing a foundation, mm-hmm. uh, we pull we throw tarps out. You, mm-hmm. In the old days, we used to go out there with a hose and you'd have someone standing out sure. there. And uh, Tim McPherson said, you know what? 
if you use tarps, that's actually better because you don't have this dry out period of hosing and unhosing, and you don't right. have to pay somebody to stand out there. You right. buy a tarp, and you're going to get a hundred uses out of it mm-hmm. before you got to throw it away and buy a new one. It'll just gradually wear out. Right. And we did that on my home, and when I saw that, I thought that this is a better way to do it instead of going out there hose it. But I. It, Tarping a whole house would be pretty hard for no, the walls. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to do. We tarp them when the in the exterior of the scaffolding when the when the sun's really hot and bright, and uh, we need to protect it for for the product to set and be worked properly. But um, if you water cure it, we we just say soak it down. And there's a there's kind of a science to it. We're old guys. Uh, all my guys are in their forties basically, and uh, they've been doing this for twenty plus years. And there's a slow cure water cure way where you run the water substantially slower and let the water sheet down all the way to the bottom and you keep a wet edge and just keep walking um, parapet homes are much easier to do than than gables or hips uh, because you can you can walk around with the hose at the top and not do much yeah a lot of the the california style where the stucco goes into like you said the the even it ties into the root Right. It creates a separation away right. from the wall that you right. can't get that tarp on. <laughs> right, right. And it's uh, – so if you keep it hydrated, um, we – by recommendation of the cement council, you're supposed to uh, keep it water cured for 48 hours and then let it sit. And depending on the finish, you wait a certain amount of time to apply the finish. And then you water cure the finish and the, and the base coat all together. Again, for a certain amount of hours, 48, 72, whatever is required. Now, when you're driving from job to job, what are you riding in? Oh, I drive a, an F-350 Ford pickup with a 6.7 diesel. How, what year is that? It's a 2017. How many miles do you have on it? Right now, about 60,000. <laughs> I drive a lot. I, you know, mine is a 2011 6.7 250. That, that's not my daily drive around, uh, but my daily drive around is an F-150. Okay. Uh, the, the 250 we use a lot for rodeo and heavy hauling. I'm in it today because I'm picking up hay going home. Okay. Talk about a truck and a machine made yeah. for hauling. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. I have dump trailers and everything we have. You throw a pallet of cement in the back of your truck, and you've got, quite honestly, you got close to 5,000 pounds. And then you put me in there, it's about 6,000 pounds. So <laughs> I say I'm a pretty good-sized guy. I say it all the time. If you want to know what to drive, you look around rodeos, you look around construction yes. sites, and you pick it in Arizona. It's Sanderson Ford Country. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, we've got Doug Diedrich with Stucco Renovations in. He's been a Rosie certified partner. I don't know how long, but I knew you. I know you were when I built my home, and I I was 04, so it's been at least fifteen years. Long time. We've got Susan, who's got a question for you. Welcome to the broadcast, ma'am. How may we help you? Hey, good, yeah, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I have a uh, stucco home in Scottsdale that has a wood frame. It's 2 by 6 16 on center. It's sheeted with soundboard, foam, and then wire. And what we wanted to do was install shutters. And we're wondering if there's not a stud behind where we want to attach the shutter, what type of anchor system would be the best to use? 
is usually around a window there's there's framing if uh it's framed correctly you should be able to hang pretty much anything on it uh we recommend sometimes pre-drill holes if you're going through the stucco it just makes it cleaner and then you're able to put a little dab of silicone in it before you mount and that way it make, keeps it a little water more watertight when somebody's trying to mount something to the exterior of their stucco home if it's a wood frame generally we tell we trying to advise them find another way to not anchor into your home you don't right. want to penetrate that any right. little penetration is now moisture insect um and it, it creates a maintenance thing you got to make sure that's properly sealed but sometimes you it know, just just happens it just happens uh, do you how do you find your your anchor point for your stud have you found a stud finder that goes through stucco and <laughs> Nope. Nope. Mrs. Diedrich uh, reminding you to eggs and milk on the way home, Doug. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't know how to work this thing, so I'm not doing good. For a moment, I thought I was doing that. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. Um, we, there, we try to do it just by knowing where the construction is. And, again, that's another good thing about having a fully sheeted house. You don't have to find a stud if it's, you know, 25 pounds, sheer weight type thing. Um you start at a, a corner and kind of work your way in and measure 16s, and that's where they should be. Um, again, we've done some 24-on centers that are metal studs, and uh, so it's a little more difficult because the, if they get to a point, it may be 18 instead of 24. And uh, we don't really have a stud. I don't have a stud finder that we even use, so we just kind of measure off windows or off doors or off corners. Yeah, coming off the corner, like you said, it should be 16 doors and windows will throw. Um, you'll you'll have some extra options, always at least 18 inches or higher, so you don't ever have to worry about uh, hitting electrical. Right. And uh, it, it should, from the out, from the inside, when you're doing, you know, wall hanging, where they've drilled through studs and they've got to put you know, metal plates, so you can't ever go through and hit that electrical. But you don't right. have to do a metal plate to the exterior. Right, right. It's just uh, usually just the, the stucco, the wire, and into the, into the sheeting or the stud. So hope that helps answer your question. There's absolutely no problem putting wood shutters on, uh, either interior or exterior. Uh, on the exterior, if you're doing it for decorative, there's a lot of other materials that right. can be made to look like wood that won't um, deteriorate as fast. Right. Uh, but for the for the interior, I I do, I <laughs> I do like wood. <laughs> no, sure. some, sometimes listening, you may not think that, but for interior purposes that aren't structural, the wood's a beautiful application, and it really softens and warms a home. Right, and it's also it's uh, interior is no weather to be dealt with. Exactly, you're putting it in a interior of your home, where for the next. You know, X amount of, of years that for, for the life of the product, it's probably never going to get below 68 and probably never get ab above 78. Right, <laughs> right. That's it's only good. got a 10-degree temperature differential you're, right. you're going to go through. Pretty consistent moisture pattern. You know, it's going to last a long, long time right. in that interior application. Right. So, all right, we've got a couple more calls on the line, and we continue to talk through stucco. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. If you'd like to join the conversation, or you can text to four one one nine two three. Emails info at rosie on the house .com.
Gary must not be finding any songs related to Stucco this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough find this morning for Stucco. (laughs) So we've got, uh, you mentioned applications that go on over Stucco. And I thought there was a, a standard time that you had to let it dry before you could paint. Is there not a... An industry standard? There's an industry standard, but of course that takes into account uh, people that have 80% humidity 50% of the time. And of course us here where we have 0% for <laughs> 50% of the time. And the industry standard's 28 days from completion of water cure to prime and paint. Uh, quite honestly, in Arizona, you you can get away. They have pH testers. You can get away with 10 days, two weeks in a lot of, lot of cases. Uh, again, depending on the weather. Wind is bad for what we do because it flash dries. Uh, heat is just heat, and it kind of is constant, whereas wind is gusts and that kind of thing. So you do have some issues when it's windy. And when you're doing your pH test, is there a certain standard you're looking for before you're applying your paint? I believe paint contractors want you to be, I think, 11 on the pH scale, so it'll be hot still. Uh, stucco, quite honestly, I, we've, again, torn buildings open that are 30 years old, and the pH is still 18. And that's, for a long, long time, a lot of water cures, and it's hard as a rock and no cracks and that type of thing. So for us, some of our materials, such as the synthetic materials that we use as finish coats, are require a 14 or 15 uh, before they prime and, and apply the colored uh, finishes. Now, how often are you going over, uh, when, you, when you're talking about synthetic coats, are you, are you dyeing that and that is your finished color? Correct. Yeah, it's, it's an integral product. And the only way to explain it is you take an astronomically expensive paint base that's really thick. You add sand to it. They put uh, emulsifiers and conditioners and all kinds of additives. It's, it's incredibly technical. And it comes out in five-gallon buckets, and we can add the pigment on-site, or it can be pre-mixed by the manufacturer. Uh, recently did one that has a metallic finish to it. Uh, uh, right on Camelback Mountain around 54th Street, if you're on Camelback and look up the mountain, you see a 60-foot high elevator shaft. It's done in a metallic finish that we just recently completed. An elevator shaft? Yes. Is this on a, a it's home? A home? <laughs> it's a house. Yeah. You can see an elevator shaft on the yeah. home, okay? Yep. And yep. it's done in metallic? Correct. Interesting. I don't know what the additive is, or the, it's very, very uh, strange looking, to be honest with you. To me, it has a, a beyond luster, new luster to it. It's really, really shiny. It does look like they put a thin metallic aluminum kind of additive to it to give it a really interesting sheen. Now, the benefit to doing this application is you eliminate the need for painting. Now, Somebody that let's say that moves into the home later, uh, or just wants to change the color, can you paint over the top? Right, they're all acrylic bases. Uh, some have elastomeric uh, base coats. Some of them have partial elastomeric. Some are just straight acrylics, and then you have metallics and uh, stone, actual stone aggregate where we have mica chips and things to make things look like stone. Um, so, but you can paint over. It's a what you. My house is 10 years old, and I probably will paint it in about five or six more years because it's still colors very strong. It's not ashy. It's not uh, chalky in any any way, shape, or form. And it's a fairly 
dark, darker brown tan color. And that's the color in the stucco. Correct. We did an integral color over my home. And there's no cracks in my house and all the above because of it took almost four months before I put the stucco finished coat on. Uh, it's like the cobbler's kid. You, you're the last guy in line no mm-hmm. matter what. So it's a, uh, we use it quite often, in, especially in renovation projects. There are stabilizers and, and there's mesh coats and adhesives and all kinds of things that we employ in our business, cement-based waterproofers. And when we're doing renovations of projects, especially territorial or contemporary Southwest, we have a lot of parapets where they crack no matter what you do. Uh, due to the spring in the in the lath or framing or there's no sheeting on the back and there's sheeting on the front so it moves a little bit different and or you do an ICF block house which is a, a, a foam co- block with a big cement core and then you frame your parapet on the top so you have that naturally occurring big movement point so we use all kinds of different products to stabilize and try to keep those cracks from returning and pretty successful i'd say in a high 90 percentile when we redo a house that's cracked up badly that they don't return and that stabilizing uh i, I said i wasn't going to knock wood framed anymore but just one more time <laughs> that, that you you can get away from needing that if right. you just built in masonry right. now when we're doing our stucco our biggest weak points a lot of times can be the window flashing and especially if there's no eave or overhang if you're coming off of a straight parapet a lot of times people homeowners will see water coming in around their window and they think i've got a roof leak coming in well it could be a window flashing situation and there was a storm that hit uh out of the north really hard one time and there I remember it seemed like it took two years to fix all the <laughs> all the homes that their windows around the north side were were leaking. So how do you tell the difference? Because I know it's hard to drive around all the time and oh, this is a roof leak. Oh no, this is a stucco leak. Who's who's wh- where's the penetration and how to fix? But uh, how do you identify if it's the roof or the window flashing? Well, it's it's impossible <laughs> job because water is the uh, you're just trying to divert it and direct it. You can't control it. And again, we get two and a half inches in three hours here. And so that building is swelling at a hundred miles an hour. And then it's 140 degrees tomorrow and it's, it's contracting faster. So you're causing a lot of stress. And at window points, every window manufacturer has a label on how to install into framing or block it's it's right on the window normally or on the box if it's shipped in and most people just don't follow it and they think that what we do is the waterproofing mechanism when it is not the waterproofing mechanism we use a a product and it's specifically called a water resistant underlayment which means it will repel water for up to three hours before it saturates and goes through so that a lot, that's a lot of rain, and very rarely do we get that here. But to detect the – you have to wa- obviously water test it and see when it, when it comes in. Does it come in immediately? Does it come in after 30 minutes of, of soaking with a hose? Does it come in at the top of the window? Is it coming in just at the bottoms? Uh, a, a lot of different, different things that you try to detect without tearing, tearing it open and looking. But in some cases, we've we've uh, had no other choice but to start tearing it open and start looking. And uh, sometimes that that 
demolition gets 16, 18 inches wide by the time you're done and you find that where it's torn and it's just catching a catching a fire block or something and coming over and the window's the open point and the weak point and water's migrating there. If if it's flashed correctly and it you shouldn't have water enter around the window. Shouldn't. I know there's flashing inspections now. There used to not be. Uh, there's a number of homes in North Scottsdale off of Pima Princess. There's housing communities that have no building paper on them at all. And it's a standard one-code application, which is the foam, the fiber-reinforced product, and then a finish. But because there was less than 14 inches of rainfall in our area, it was, was not a requirement by state code. And that got changed in the, I believe, late 80s, early 90s. It went everybody had to have some sort of building construction water-resistant product on, on, the, on the framing. And that probably, that, that style, that construction probably helped you put some kids through college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back and fixing those. <laughs> that, they're pretty good athletes. That helped out a lot, too. So we, uh, uh, the problem you have when you come to a, a, a pr- building that doesn't have building paper on it, by code, I have to put building paper back on. And what did I just do? Create a dam in case water comes in at the top. And it can make a decision. Does it goes out, go outside or does it go inside? And it's a, I have to put it in. And I tell the people, I may have just created a bigger problem or as big a problem as you have now. And to date, after 19 years of doing this, or almost 20 now, uh, we have not had anybody call me back and say uh, any of the windows are re-leaking. And uh, we've been blessed to have really good quality guys when we do our work and they put it back correctly. And how big of an intrusion are you having to make to the existing stucco? I mean, are, are we cutting back six inches, 12 inches around well, the window? We do our best to stay inside of the outside stud. Okay. If that makes any sense. And when we make our cuts or removals and window guys, some do it that way. Some just find a place and cut. But uh, because if we don't, again, I have to anchor to a stud. I can't anchor to a, to sheeting by uh, code requirements. So I have to go another 16 inches to the next stud if, if in fact, they, they cut on the outside of the stud. What we do is we use old and new. We keep some of the old wire and overlap it with the new wire. So I'd like to keep that two inches on the outside of the opening where we can just chip it back, chip the stucco coat itself off, roll the wire back, put new underlayments, and then new wire and put the old wire back on top or under either way it doesn't matter and then you have a much stronger uh, lath joint at that point where it's overlapped and then we chip to get a finger joint rather than a straight joint because it will cure a little slower and differently and you won't have a straight line that opens up after six months Julia and Anthems join the conversation at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. I have a question about uh, synthetic stucco, which we currently have on our home. It's been on since two thousand and six, and we have such expansive soil that we're starting to get little hairline cracks. Um, around the framing. Um, So I want to know, can you repatch synthetic stucco or does it need to be replaced? Yes, you can patch. Uh, Unfortunately, it's extremely visible in that 
the synthetic product stacks on top of the existing product. It doesn't blend. It's not like drywall where you can sand it in, whether it's the underlayments or the underproducts or the finish coats. So uh, that is a downside to using a synthetic that if you get enough cracking, then it becomes uh, more like a roadmap after it's been caulked and painted. And you would have to maybe redo it uh, and, and not just with a finish coat because all those cracks come from the inside out. They don't start on the outside and work in. They start inside and work out. So if you just put a coating on, that same crack is just working through a thinner coat than it did originally. And it will, in most cases, return. So when we do a renovation uh, of a, a synthetic or even a, a con conventional stucco home, we will utilize uh, – cement adhesives and flat, heavy fiberglass mesh to stabilize it, similar to a cracked tile in your floor. And when you get the tile up, you find a crack in the slab, you fix it, and you either put a, a foam membrane or a mesh down prior to reinstalling the tile. And, and theoretically, that takes the probability of the crack returning way, way, way down. And that's the similar application that we would apply to the exterior of a house. And for someone in Anthem, uh, 2016, you know, it's at least 13 years. She's a lot luckier than a lot of other people in yes. Anthem were. That was, yes. uh, you look at the Arizona archaeological map, map of expansive soils, yep. and Anthem's like the hub. <laughs> a house is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. This is exactly why we switched our hours to bring our expert in earlier because it does. At, at the end of the broadcast, they've heard through everything. And then, then well, I got to get my question and the phones line up yep. and we can't rush through them all. So we will get to a couple calls on air. But real quick, a texter was asking about a product called STO. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Uh, STO is a company called Stowe Corporation or Stowe Corp. They are, in our industry, they are a stucco and EFIS, which is, I pronounce it wrong, but it's an, an acronym for EIFS, which stands for Exterior Insulation and Finish Systems, which are basically commercial applications for hotels, motels, high-rises because of the lightweight uh, property of, of the product from, from wall to completion. And uh, Stowe is a big manufacturer of that. And they're based, like I was telling you earlier, they're out of, out of Germany and they're based in Atlanta here in the United States. They're very large. If you've ever been to the Bellagio, every bit of the exterior of that thing and the in, most of the interior is a Stowe product. Now, you said it's primarily used commercially for the lightweight properties. Could you use it in residential? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, getting more and more acceptable. The... Uh, again, the synthetics were designed as commercial after World War II, a big history to it, but uh, to rebuild Europe. And that's why we have a lot of European-based companies that produce here in this country. But, yeah, you can you can apply it to any anything. We've applied it to mobile homes. We've gone over metal siding. Uh, the, it, when you do a metal siding, you have to uh, mechanically fasten it as well as adhesively so that you you – Double bond. Don, double bonded, because that does have a tendency to move a little bit more than wood. And you had mentioned a, a new application where you're doing some outsolation. And 
in the past, one of the things we would tell people that call and say, I live next to this noisy street. What can I do? We tell them, you know, get an indoor water feature yeah. and plug it in so you hear running water <laughs> instead of the running road and cars coming up and down. But you mentioned something that you've done and indirectly, the homeowner came out and said, I can't hear this street anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those exterior insulation systems. And it's there are different thicknesses available. And, of course, you can do a lot of uh, detail work with them. If anybody's ever drawn, drawn uh, driven by that Odyssey thing where the dolphins were over oh, on yeah. 101, all of that that looks like cattails and reeds and everything, that's all cut and done with an EFIS application. That is not a concrete poured in place form. And the people that did that are incredible artisans. Incredible. That's very difficult to do. Anyway, we can we can apply that. The R value is much higher. It's similar to if you think of a freezer that you have insulation all the way around the freezer. It's the same thing. You have to, like most insulation, if it's not a complete closed system, it's not nearly as efficient. Uh, so if you put this on the outside as a complete insulation system, it, it will help your home. Uh, I can't quantify any savings or any of that thing, but I will tell you that it's much quieter and it's much more comfortable, especially if in your hot room on the west side or the southwest corner or whatever. And could you do this if somebody is just trying to get, let's say, two corners of a master bedroom done? Mm -hmm. You could do that to just that side, so at least you're sleeping in a quieter condition. Right. It should uh, deflect some noise, uh, whether it's completely encapsulated or not. Very cool. Well, let's see if we can get one more call on the line. Is it Ryan? Roy Ann? Roy Ann. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. I have a question regarding the stucco. Um, we have a house in Buckeye that is stucco, and we had it painted a uh, beautiful job by Arizona Paint, but it looks great. In New Mexico, we have a home, and it's stucco, and they do not recommend paint. Can you tell me why? And what they tell you is it's a colored stucco, but they say that it won't breathe as well. Uh, I will be honest with you. I have no idea why they would tell you that you shouldn't paint it because when it's time to paint, the acrylics and the strength of the property, even in the integral colored finishes, is broken down and porous. And, you know, using flat elastomeric product on an exterior vertical wall, in all of our opinions here, is, is the devil. And it's great for horizontal surfaces and roofs and, and uh, horizontal slopes, big buttresses and things. And it keeps the water from entering in there and kicks it to the outside, but only those locations. I, I'm not sure why someone in New Mexico would tell you not to paint this product. It's very paintable. And we mentioned Stowe Corporation earlier. They manufacture their own painting products. Uh, you don't have to use them. You can use any of the, any of the other products that are available. <laughs> A texture said New Mexico's just lazy. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be the case. I don't know. Uh, um, and it it may have been a product quali qualifying situation. You had said elastomeric. We would never coat the entire exterior of a home with elastomeric. Right. You can use it for patching. If you're painting, you would use an acrylic based paint Correct. for that. Correct. 100% acrylic's the best way to go. Doug Diedrich at Stucco Renovations. You can find him in the stucco category at rosieonthehouse.com, or I'm going to throw you a curveball. Do you know your phone number? 
<laughs> the office number is 602-454-9635.